Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast, the self-isolation edition. Actually, I'm, I am self-isolating uh, amidst all of this COVID-19 global pandemic that we have found ourselves in all of a sudden. But today I have uh, actually left my house, which is not something I've been doing very able to do very often lately, to, and gone down to the Bastion United Church where I'm sitting 10 feet away from Reverend Robin King. Oh, it's more than that, Ben. I'd say it's about 10 feet. We're we're at, we're in the, we're on opposite sides of the church, Ben. We're, we're okay, both at, either side of the sanctuary. Yeah, we're both yeah. at the front of the sanctuary. I'm uh, sitting in a very comfortable chair that we brought up onto the stage here, right by the pulpit, and you're across the communion table from me, which is probably symbolic in one way or another. I'm sure it is. Uh, the so, real thing here. Let me just say the real thing here is like we're sitting here either side of the chancel uh, in uh, an empty building, uh, and it's amazing how big it appears when it's empty um but the thing that the thing that is bothering me the most about this moment ben is i had to make my own coffee and it was church coffee yeah i apologize for I that mean, I, we, i'm okay with it being on opposite sides of the building and stuff i i i absolutely it's just that i had to make my own coffee and normally you know you've made me the good stuff yeah. And yeah, so we, I'm sure we all we, have to suffer. Yeah. We have to make our sacrifices. I sh we could have figured out a way for me to make coffee and use a sterilize the mug and sanitize the, you know, make sure yeah. that you put your own sugar in and all that sort of thing. So the level of service uh, on the coffee side of things is uh, not what it should be. But we are going to make sure that we create some value in content here for folks through a wonderful conversation, as always. Over the last few weeks, Robin, you and I have been talking about the season of Lent, which we're in, and this theme of finding ourselves in the wilderness, and how appropriate is that for what we're going through as a community of faith, and what we're going through as a community of humanity around the world, uh, facing all of a sudden this pandemic, and it's hitting everyone in, in so many different ways, the impact on um, people's mental health, the impact on our ability to stay connected, the impact on people financially, the uncertainty of how this is all going to evolve. Uh, there is a lot to talk about. And uh, given that this podcast is all about tackling difficult and big and important questions, I think, um, you know, it's really important that we did get together today and, and take some time to talk about what we're all facing here and how we how we stay connected it's it's interesting like it really it, it, the timing of being being in lent is really kind of kind of interesting right because we're always talking about things like lent and practice right things that we give up or take on uh for lent as a means of helping us focus and blah blah blah, blah all that kind of stuff and and so today uh in the midst of a crisis which is not funny in any way, shape, or form. We started with how I'm missing out on the good coffee, um, and and but you know the thing is the thing is I think that that sometimes in the midst of uh, an upheaval where nothing is normal, uh, every now and then it's uh, important to remind yourself who you are and and how you are, and sometimes that means you you know you're trying to find some some way to find some humor in something. Uh, and, and, and I, I honestly, I, I do think that's important because we, uh, uh, as much as this is, I mean, this changes us, right? I mean, we are 
we are all in a situation where our lives have suddenly changed. Uh, even even the people who are, thank God, still working because they're essential, um, how they're doing that has changed. Mm -hmm. Everything has suddenly changed. Our normal, everyday, daily routine has changed. Uh, it is simply not the same. And so uh, it, it's it's important, I think, to find some some of those touchstones that we've lost mm -hmm. um, by having our routine change so dramatically. And, and you're seeing a lot of that through social media right now where everyone from uh, late night talk show hosts yeah. streaming streaming through Zoom or Skype or YouTube Live and think they're using we're using the tools that we have now and I mean when the Spanish influenza hit 102 years ago, we, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have yeah. telephones. They didn't have the ability to stay connected the way we can now. And I, I'm finding it really neat to see teachers offering resources for parents online, uh, musicians um, just yeah. singing and, and streaming it's amazing. performances of music or people reading children's stories online. And I know that you've been doing some really cool stuff. So tell me... You, you were talking about how it, this is impacting everybody's ability to do the work that they do um, or just impacting their day-to-day -day and how they function. Uh, what has it been like for the church here in Basha, in Pinoka, in your role as a minister? How are you coping and how are you getting by? I'm not coping, Ben. No one's coping. <laughs> um, I'm coping. Uh it, it, it's interesting. Uh, that's interesting. A friend of mine who's a minister in Ontario um, the other day posted something that began with, this is what I've learned uh, in the last week or so. And it was a long list of different forms of technology and how to use it. Hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it, we, were talk we were talking about this on Sunday morning. Uh, we've, been, we've been live streaming for um, three years and a bit now. And uh, when we first uh, created Rise and Spirit as a partnership uh, with Pinocchio United Church and Basha United Church and an online, we wanted to have an online partner as well that we call Six Ways from Sunday. Um, the idea was um, that uh, the two um, congregations um, that have buildings, facilities, in-person contact would, would impart feed that Six Ways from Sunday piece as well as um, we'd create some things specifically for it. Um, and a live streaming was a piece of that because um, I, I go um, back and forth between Bash on Pinocchio each, uh, from Sunday to Sunday, um, and then we live stream to the other location. And we've, in fact, recently been talking about how we could live stream, uh, share our live stream with other uh, congregations and other faith communities and things. And that's all awesome. And it wasn't it wasn't till Sunday, it wasn't till Sunday that I realized that for three years and a bit, we've basically treated the live stream as it's uh, it's a little extra add-on to being in the room. Right. Well, even even if you're on the receiving end of it in the other church, yeah. we use it for the learning together and the sermon and somebody else in person leads. Like we still have the in-person thing. And it wasn't until Sunday morning where suddenly it's not just a backup to a room full of people. The room is empty. I got to talk to the camera. I've got to know where to stand. Hmm. Um, there's lighting issues. There's something as simple as Robin, remember to turn your mic pack on at the beginning of the service. <laughs> um, it, it suddenly, suddenly you realize that it isn't an add on to anything. It's your sole way of communicating. Yeah. It, it went from being the secondary to being the and, primary and suddenly, only way. Suddenly your sole way of communicating isn't giving you anything back immediately, 
right? Yeah. Because because you're not like in a room with a room full of people. Um, you know, you you t- and and I know I I I, I got to say I I just as a sidebar here because you mentioned it. Some of the late night talk show guys have been doing really good stuff from their homes, it, which is and, impressive. And I just kind of think like, uh, so when this is over, stay in your home. <laughs> like, don't go back to the studio. <laughs> don't put the shirt and tie, the jacket and tie back on, and have the guests sitting there. And just, just do it. Do what you've been doing, because they've been trying so hard to be so creative. Um, one of one of them, at least one of them involves their kids each time and, yeah. and stuff, and and it's it's been so amazingly creative in a completely different way and that's like sunday morning we were just suddenly it was kind of like well how do we i don't have anyone literally um it was me and and Lori and uh, damien running the tech and and my two dogs that was it in the in the in the room and and just to be fair um damien was at the back manning the tech uh and we were never we were we were always uh physically distancing appropriately um I live with Lori, so I was less worried about that part. But, um, but uh, it was there was no one else here. So, what did it feel like, especially during? I mean, like the the hymns and the prayers and all of those, all of those pieces of the order of service where you know exactly what you're going to say, or the words for the hymn are literally on the screen, or you have them in front of you on paper. I guess in this case, when you're streaming. But when you look out there and you see those empty pews that we're looking at right now. What was it like to deliver the sermon or the learning together and not have the kids in front of it? Like, it's like in, in a, a musical performance, there's a distinct difference between going and watching a band perform and they're responding to the audience or live musical theater yeah. or anything like that versus listening to a studio recording. It's just not quite there's, the same. There's an energy when people are there that yeah. isn't there. So um, what was it like for you to, do, to, to preach to an empty sanctuary? Uh, it's a... Uh, it, it's a challenge. Well, uh, I, I mean, I imagine it's a challenge for absolutely anybody who's used to having people in front of them. And and that doesn't matter whether it's like two or three or, you know, a thousand or 10,000 or whatever. Um, suddenly, I, I imagine it'd be like at one point, it, this is a few weeks ago now, but at one point they were talking about how um, the uh, March Madness, uh, the university basketball in the U.S., they were actually going to play that, but they were going to play without right. crowds, right? Yeah. And, and just thank goodness they decided not to. Somebody was wiser about that. But I thought, how the heck would you even do that? Like, there, you'd have zero energy in the room. It'd it would be like, like being a at a practice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, 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 that, and that, that also reminded me of, see, that's a little bit, it's like, uh, you know, I used to be a musician. And there's a whole, like, I, it's a whole, and well, you'd know too, there's a whole different experience between when you're practicing something, even if you're practicing in the room you know you're performing in, and there being people there. The yeah. energy is just different. Yeah. Uh, it's completely different. But but another thing about that though is you hope it is. And and I was thinking about that this morning because I was thinking about another thing that, that came from this on Sunday morning was thinking about the things that we do as part of our sort of ritual or ceremony, right? Our liturgy, right? The things that we do um, on a regular basis on a Sunday morning, are they all meaningful? Like, are there moments where like you talk, you talk about, okay, there's no one in the room, so there's, there's a different kind of energy or none. Um, does that happen sometimes on a Sunday morning where you, you do something that it just kind of falls flat or you do something that, you know, this, you do this because you've always done this. Right. And then you suddenly realize, why are we doing that? 
Like, nobody's responding to that. Are you talking about all your Star Trek references now, Robin? I could be. Or Game of Thrones <laughs> references, too. Um, but uh, one or two people get them, Ben, every now and then. And we appreciate them. Um, <laughs> but but it's, also, it's also things like... Um, it's also things like... I so hate saying this because I know that there is a perfectly reasonable response and we should probably argue about it at length. But sometimes, sometimes the Lord's prayer strikes me like that. Hmm. We do it every week. It's supposed to be our touch. uh, Talk about touchstones. It's supposed to be our touchstone piece, right? It's that one prayer that, that, you know, everybody knows and we can all say it together. You don't Mm -hmm. need to print it in the bulletin. We all learned it in Sunday school, except of course we aren't now. Um, But, you know, kids used to say it in school, except they don't now. Um, And it's the one thing that everybody knows. And so we can say it. The question is, do you know what it means? Are you just saying it because you learned it by rote? And I mean, I recall some... uh some Sundays in the past over the years where you've done things like uh, taking a different approach to the Lord's prayer or looked at different versions of the Lord's prayer, just to, just to, to jar people's brains out of that routine and and wrote um, reading of it and to think about it. It's gotten comfortable. We need to be disturbed. Right. That's actually a thing. Uh, It's one of the things I love about the Iona community in Scotland uh, is that their their language sometimes is is kind of about reminding people that um, God is both the comforter and the disturber. Hmm. Right. The 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 uh, God is the presence that provides us comfort and grief and things like that. But it's also uh, the impetus to to act for justice. Um, that God, God doesn't like us. Uh, oh, this is, I'm totally dating myself now, but uh, back in the 60s, Ben, before you were born. Way before. Pierre Burton wrote a famous book called The Comfortable Pew. And, and that was the, the point is that we've gotten super comfortable to just sit in the pew and not do anything. We like hearing what we like to hear, and we go to church because it makes us feel comfortable. We don't want to be disturbed. We don't want to be yeah. challenged. And uh, there's, I'm sure, at various points in every minister or pastor or religious leader's career, they have at some point realized they have to say something that people don't want to hear um, mm-hmm. or that they're not going to like hearing or that they need to say something that's going to cause people to want to actually get up off their butts and do something. So would, um, you, would you say that um, a meaningful faith practice is one that honors the traditions and the, the things that we find comfort in because we've always done them, and then on the flip side, also challenging us to actually think about what we're saying in prayer or what we're singing yeah. in these hymns? Because you can't discount the fact that, I mean, when, when the things that people find bring them comfort... Usually it brings them comfort because they've always done it, or it's familiar, that, that favorite hymn, or um, right. being in that familiar setting. When, when you've uh, lost a loved one, the, the comforting, the, you often find comfort by looking at uh, old family photos or going to that person's home and, and seeing their clothes. Or just, you smell something that reminds you of that person or a perfume they wore. Those, those things that are familiar and... Um, have been with us all along right. the way, so, provide that comfort. Yeah. 
So that's uh, just by way of example. I always think that's a really, the Psalm, 23rd Psalm is a really good example of that. Um, people like to hear that at a celebration of life or like mm-hmm. a funeral, right? Mm-hmm. People like to hear that. Um, partly, I, I think they like to hear it because it's, um, it's a thing they know. They've heard it lots. Even people who don't go to church have heard it because yeah. they've seen it in a movie where there's been a cemetery scene and, of course, what's the minister saying? The 23rd Psalm. Um, and... Uh, but but it's so it's it, there's a familiarity piece to it. But uh, every frankly, every time uh, every time I use it, I like to try and remind people that there's a reason why it ought to be familiar, right? It's a reason why there's a reason why stereotypes are stereotypes, right? Mm-hmm. At the root of it, at some point, it it connected with it people, provoked right? people, and then it turned into something else because it got overused. Yeah. Um, but. And, and maybe the 23rd Psalm is a little bit like that. But but I like to remind people that, like, basically, the Psalm is about how God is in our life every moment, wherever we are, whether it's in uh, in the green pastures or the valley of the shadow of death, that God is always with us. Uh, and and, and it, that's not just comforting, that's inspiring. Yeah. And especially, especially um, you know, when it ends with um, the uh, dwell in the house of the Lord forever, right? Um, it's, it's not just, uh, comforting for, for you, the person who needs comfort. It's comforting to know that the person you are grieving the loss of is with God. Yeah. Right. And so I, I just think there's, there's so much in that that goes way beyond that. Can I, can I just say a minute ago, you used the T word. Um, that's not Terminator or Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's tradition. Uh, and the thing about tradition is that it is Absolutely 100% not what it is in Fiddler on the Roof. Um, it is not the repetition of something because we've always done it that way. Tradition is the continued repetition of something because it continues to, rem- to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. It, it still connects with people. It's not just a question of we've always done it that way. It has meaning still. And that c- meaning could be it connects us with our ancestors that meaning could be it is relevant to me today. That meaning could be um, it uh, provides me with the momentary comfort of something familiar from my childhood. There's a, a thousand different mm-hmm. ways that, that it could mean that. But the fact is it still has to be relevant in some way. It still has to, there has to be a connection, yeah. right? And that's, that's why sometimes um, it, it, I worry sometimes about the, things like the Lord's Prayer because people have so learned it by rote from memory that I think sometimes that's exactly what they do. They just say it by rote from memory. Yeah. And you can kind of tell because it kind of goes, <laughs> and it goes really fast yeah. usually, yeah. Um, right? Because you want to get it out of the way quickly, um, except you don't. I think you want to linger on every phrase to remind you what it's all about. Mm. Right. And, and again, that's kind of what tradition's about. And so uh, just going back to Sunday, I, I, there were, when I was trying to put the service together, I was kind of thinking, okay, so here's, uh, here's two things. One is, um, do we just go with, this is exactly what we do every Sunday. We're just going to do it. We're just going to do it uh, to the camera. Yeah. Right. Or do we take this as an opportunity to explore different things that we can do or different ways that we could do this? because it will look different through a camera, mm. right? Or mm-hmm. it be experienced differently by people not actually being in the room, mm-hmm. right? So for instance, if you're, um, 
This is, this is not an example that is helpful to us. But if, for example, um, you happen to be talking about bread one Sunday and you had some bread baking, it's kind of useless to say, oh, you can smell it to the camera. But if you have a room full of people, you've made a contact there right away. Yeah. Right? Uh, if you use incense for anything, um, for, uh, as another example, you can see the smoke, but you can't smell anything. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there's there's different there's different. Uh, um, I think it's it's worth exploring different ways uh, to do some of the things that we do. Well, and I think from the other that's interesting from your perspective, uh, and then from the people on the other end of the on the other side of the camera, on the other side of the laptop that's tuned in and watching the YouTube live stream, and we had some amazing numbers actually a lot of people were tuned in last sunday um i think doing back to the discussion of of the familiar and the and the traditions that we have saying that lord's prayer or singing uh you know one of those old favorite hymns but all of a sudden you're you're in your couch and you're just one or two people at home watching it or you're there with your with your family your kids um that's such a different context that sometimes mm-hmm. just practice going through that, that church experience, but in a different context of not in this building that you and I are sitting in right now, um, that changes how it feels and what, and how, how the words feel and what they mean to you as you're saying them, as you're hearing them, as you're watching it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, well, you and your family put together a little video for last Sunday's service, which was yeah. the song um, Jump for Joy, right? Um, I can feel, you, I near can feel me. you near me, God, and the, yeah. the chorus is Jump for Joy. And and you made this great little video where some of it was uh, you and your kids singing and others was video of them outside playing in the snow and jumping off things and and, and stuff. And, uh, and it made me think, too, you know, you... you sing that in church with a bunch of people on a Sunday morning and uh, for the most part uh, they'll stand there you're singing jump for joy and they'll stand there and sing jump for joy I'm singing (laughs) right Um, but put uh, put some little kids at the front and get them to be jumping for joy as part of it because they'll do it and suddenly, if if people aren't jumping up and down when it's appropriate to jump up and down, they might smile and and it they're connecting with the joy, right? Yeah, it's Part contagious. The energy, yeah. and the joy, exactly, is contagious. Exactly. So, so speaking you, of things you that can't are really contagious, commu- <laughs> yeah, you can't really communicate that uh, through a camera, unless, of course, say instead of me playing the piano and singing into a microphone, well, you look at a screen with some lyrics on it. That screen had video of kids playing and yeah. the words running across the bottom, right? Which is what you did. Yeah. Uh, and so you created something that was not only an opportunity to sing along, but also actually see and experience the joy. Even if you were sitting on your couch at home, yeah. you could and still experience really... the joy of your kids playing in the snow outside. And they did. Like, I, I got and a people lot of... responded. They did. Yeah, I, I they? was getting text messages and, and Facebook messages from people saying that they really really appreciated that and it was like a minute and 20 seconds it's just right. a little it's just this little and moment then, really but it, and, it seemed to impact people uh, yeah because they could through especially just through the kids their faces their their yeah. laughter 
they um, they experience that joy. And and experiencing, and that's what the song's about, right? I can feel God near me. You're experiencing God, mm-hmm. um, the, the presence of God and joy and stuff. And then uh, at the end of the service on Sunday, we uh, had a video, a song by the Fray called Be Still and Know, mm-hmm. right? Which is about, I think is about, all about, well, be still and know I'm God, right? I'm mm-hmm. with you. And, and like, be, just be still for a minute. And we're not jumping up and down in joy now. We're, we're just being still and experiencing the presence of God, perhaps in the quiet and the stillness. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's always so important uh, to, to remember that people connect with God in so many different ways. We right do. now, there's lots of people who are not connecting with the joy of God, God's presence. They're, they're connecting more with the comfort of, of knowing God in the stillness, in the quiet. Um, and, uh, even just like in the sunlight and, you know, yeah. a, an empty field of snow kind of and thing. And that stillness, I, I loved that you picked that song to end the service with, um, Robin, because you, it's exactly what you just said, but on top of that, also that, that, that stillness and that quiet can be terrifying for a lot of people yeah. because we're so not used to being still to that degree. I was reading a Facebook post yesterday from a Facebook friend of mine who's a musician, and she was reflecting on uh, a time when she used to be, um, uh, she was, she had a post in a forestry tower. So she was, would get dropped off by mm-hmm. helicopter or somehow get into this remote location in the BC mountains, BC and Alberta, and would spend like a month in complete remote isolation, no cell phone, no internet, just a little generator and maybe, you know, obviously your, your essential needs, your supplies for food and, and heat and shelter and all of that. And just like the darkest night sky you could imagine and the mm. sounds of wildlife and, and really having to just be with yourself. And so she, anyway, she's talked about what it was like then and how that experience kind of equipped her for this and for this this uncomfortable um, silence and stillness and darkness that all of a sudden, or wilderness in a sense, that a lot of people are not used to. A lot of people are not, um, the majority of us, we're just, we're so accustomed to constant go, go, go busyness and and distraction Mm. and and connectedness and, and this full hectic schedule. And then all of a sudden, just at the flip of a switch, we're all told, Go home, stay home, don't go out, don't get within six feet of other people, don't even leave your house unless you absolutely have to, to buy groceries or record a podcast, you know, essentials. The, the essentials. Yeah. And so that stillness or that, uh, that quiet and uh, that, that, that song talks about can be really comforting, but it can also be really scary. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really great that um, that we as a church are able to do things like uh, reach out to people and and try to continue building community and and supporting each other in our community of faith. And it's it's really great that we've spent the last few years starting to build a bit of that online community of faith because we were we already have the technology in place. We were kind of 
we've been training for this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. We were, we were ready for it. Like you said, there, there's a lot of differences and distinctions between the, the live stream being just kind of, oh, it's there if you want to watch it, yeah. versus like, okay, this is how we are going to do church this Sunday, there, and we've got a few days to be ready, and that's it. There was a lot of things on Sunday where I was just like, wanted to smack myself and go, why did we not think of this before? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but still, the point is that we've been able to quickly... Uh, Adapt. Make it happen, quickly yeah. adapt. Like you said, people have been learning how to use Zoom. And le- like our, our girls' dance studio has figured out a way within like a week, has figured out a way to live, to do uh, dance lessons, like to have their dance classes mm-hmm. that they would normally have with the teacher on Zoom and each of the students uh, watching it in real time. And they're used to, you know, some of the the parts of the choreography, they have their arms linked or they're doing things with yeah. other dancers. And they're, so they, and the, and these are kids, right? They, and yeah. so, but they're having, they are so fast at adapting at their, at their yeah. age. And it's, all of us are just finding ways to make life work. It's also though uh, important. I, I think it's also though really important to remember that much like, much like going into the wilderness, you don't stay there. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you come out of it, um, and and we'll we'll get to a point where we've learned all these new technologies. But it'll be important to remember that now that we can gather together again in person, we should go back to gathering together in person. Yeah. But just remember um, that um, that the connection is the important part, right? Yeah. It's the being connected is the important part. So we we still have the technology to use when we when we can, um, or to be in person when we can. Um, it's you know we we started um, uh, Lent this year. Uh, my my plan was to fo- my theme was wilderness, right? And we were going to look at different kinds of wildernesses and 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 not just different kinds of wildernesses, but how we feel when we're there, how we get there, and all that kind of thing. And some and, wilderness stories. You've had some great. Um, you've taken a different perspective on some very familiar biblical stories like Noah's Ark yeah. and looked at it through the lens of let's look at this as a wilderness experience. Well, and it's even it's not even just the wilderness experience. Sometimes. I think we find that it's the coming out of the wilderness, the moment of coming out of the wilderness or finding our way out that is the part that is mm. most meaningful, right? The the community that helps us come from out of the wilderness. And those, anyway, the, the, the point is that I think the, the story that inspired all of that, which is the story that inspires Lent, um, is that's the story of Jesus going to the wilderness, right? And of course, we always focus on tempted by the devil and blah, 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 all that stuff. But the to me, always, 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 the most important part of that story is the most important thing to remember, um, whether we're feeling like we're in the wilderness intentionally or whether we don't want to be there and we just wish we could get the heck out of here, or even when we come out of it in the end, the story begins with Jesus goes into the wilderness with the Spirit. Hmm. God is always there. Hmm. Uh, God is there whether you're in the wilderness and feeling like you want to be, or you're feeling in the and you'd like a little alone time. Um, God is there whether you're in the wilderness. Uh, and it's involuntary, and you don't want to be there at all, and you're feeling alone and lost and everything, God is there. Um, if you are coming out of the wilderness and you're singing a song of joy and jumping for joy, God is there. <laughs> if you're feeling alone and and struggling with the, the solitude, like physical solitude, um, God is there. Um, God, God is that, in fact, God is a connecting piece, right? Mm-hmm. It's the love that connects everything. It's the energy that's in everything that connects us. That's why, that's why, um, it, it, things like, um, 
practice, spiritual practice is so important in the sense that if you are simply doing it because you've done it that way forever and it doesn't really have any meaning for you, for God's sake, stop doing it. Hmm. Um, and find something that does actually have meaning for you. Yeah. Um, because that's the that's how it helps you connect, not just with God, but the fact that God is present in all things, right? It connects you to the creation. It connects you to an other people. It, it connects you to life, right? Yeah. It's the love and the energy that connects those things. I've got a term for you that might, I don't know if this would be a new term for you, but I was watching a, an archived YouTube live stream from Verge Permaculture with uh, Rob, Avis, and uh, Dakota. They they had this phenomenal two-hour-long discussion right at kind of the beginning of, I think it was on a Tuesday. So we were just a couple days into the uh, self-isolation protocol and everything. And they were talking, at one point, Dakota, I think it was Dakota, mentioned this term, um, spiritual capital. And so they mm. were they were talking about all the all the resources you have. You've got your financial capital. You've got your ecological capital, like land mm -hmm. and the and healthy soil and water. All the things that you have access to, and and, and when you're looking at a holistic view of uh, your your say your your property or your life, and um, the social capital is kind of all your relationships that you have. It's another layer of your life, and then your spiritual capital. He described as you know, what are the things that you find um, comfort in or that you find inspiration? And it might be uh, favorite quotes. It might be prayers. It might be a spiritual, a weekly or daily spiritual ritual or practice. It might be meditation. It might, but all of that um, collectively is something that mm -hmm. he calls spiritual capital. And I just had never thought of it that way, but it makes a lot of sense that yeah. it's it's value, right? And for sure, and it's just a—it's an interesting way of for sure. It's it, and it's it's a it. really it's a really good reminder too, um, that you know, for for everybody who says the church is uh, what, what's that song that hymn that we sing? The church is wherever God's people are praising, uh, right? There, there's there's and there's still this movement, right? Church isn't about a building, and no, it absolutely isn't. It's about the people, right? Uh, it's about God's presence in all things. It's about, um, but but. You can't just kind of go, the church isn't the people, or isn't the building, it's the people, let's get rid of the building. Unless you are are finding another way for people to gather and connect mm -hmm. without it, right? And and like the 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 thing about the thing about the value of the building is not just also for your own community, your church community, but for your wider community. Um, it can be it can be a meaningful place for uh, for people who aren't regular attenders of church to come to other things and to meet and gather, right? So it's it's value as a gathering place, but it's also some of the symbols and things that are in it. Right, um, people often find um, their their sense of spirituality inspired by beautiful stained glass yeah. um, or or artwork um, that you might see in a church. Um, even even uh, lighting a candle, right? Yeah. Things like that. Um, and when you collect all of those things into one place, uh, then you're you're not just sitting in a room. You're sitting in a space that is inspiring you not just because of the presence of the other people, but because of the symbols and and things that you can see around you. It might be also the songs that you sing together. Um, it's the, the things that remind you of the presence of God in all things. Can you find that by sitting in a forest? You bet you can. 
Absolutely. But we're all different people, right? Yeah. And some people will find it in nature. Some people will find it in all things because we do. Um, some people might find um, their sense of spirituality is, is helped and comforted and encouraged um, by being in a space which ha- has a particularly f- a feel of sacredness, right? Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and that can be, that can be uh, anywhere, sure. But it's particularly where people gather um, to share the stories and the songs and the things that are part of their faith, right? Which, coming right back to the beginning of this, um, is one of the things that makes it so difficult sometimes to connect through a camera, right? (laughs) Is that you're not, you can't just, you can't recreate last Sunday morning with two people and a couple of dogs um, through a camera, you can't. No. But what well, you can do is maybe maybe oh, steer sorry. people in a, in a way that helps them find another way or connect differently, right? But you were just sharing with me that before we started that um, one of the another way that you've been uh, reaching out to our community and creating ways of connecting is. Uh, recording little just short kind of format videos there was one where you you I think you just used your phone and you just shot a little two minute video of the candle right here on the communion table while you played something on the piano that was suitable for just some reflection time um or a meditation so there's there's lots of little things like that that we've talked about as a uh as the Basha United Church board at our last meeting, which happened to just be right when all of this was starting. And we've, we had a, that was an awesome meeting. We had some great uh, ideas from lots of, sure. the, lots of the young people on our board right now, especially coming up with innovative ways of offering some value to people who are stuck at home. And you were telling me that you were trying to record one over by, we have a little prayer tree in the lobby and you, you kept having kind of a false start and like, oh, I didn't like that, I'm gonna start again. I, I've so been there a million different times, even when I've been recording, say, like uh, the intro component to this, to some of these podcast episodes, and I'll stumble on my words. But you never do that when there's people listening to you. You're kind of forced to just keep going. And you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. But, when, but when it's uh, just you and the mic, yeah. or it's just you and the camera, you think, oh, that wasn't perfect. I should do it again. Yeah. It's it's so different. So that's that's um, that's kind of a metaphor for life too, right? Uh, is that there are moments where you can try again and start again, and there are moments where you just kind of have to go. Nope, gotta go. Just keep gotta keep just going. Just keep going. Keep yeah. going. Parenting and, is like that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you know, yeah, you can't for do sure. it perfectly. You well, gotta, and, you gotta just keep thing, going. Yeah. The other thing is that that um, and, and you know, sure, it's great. It's great when you can have, you know, is well, people, I'm sure actors will say this about the difference between theater and, uh, TV and, or, and TV or, 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 um, film. movies, yeah. right. Where you can take the time to do 47 takes when you're on stage in front of a room full of people, it's going to go how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't get to stop a third of the way through and go, can I do that scene again? Cut. Um, yeah. you just, you keep going. Right. And, and that's that's the that's the interesting thing about the live stream thing um with no one here is that it's a live stream so you have I to can't keep stop going. and say yeah. hey do you mind if we start this again um turn your computer off and turn it back on again in five minutes we'll be ready um you just got to go right yeah and yet there's no nothing in the room to give you a return on what or not yeah. on what you're doing right so you're not really sure is this gonna is this working is this not working well did you i'm sure you i know you saw this um 
and our friend Aaron Lynham is in, uh, involved with uh, the Hillhurst United Church in Calgary, at, mm-hmm. where they were live streaming too, and they put photos of of yeah. of faces of their congregation members, like their actual congregation. They printed off photos that people had sent in, and they taped them to the <laughs> to the the seat the pews, yeah. the pews. Yeah. So they filled the church with virtual, like kind of right uh, with with their with their faces, and it. it yeah, it was neat to see it, that because, it, and that's yeah, that's actually, in fact, um, you, I've seen that in a few like different places have done that, um, where they've they've literally filled the church with faces. Yeah, um, and and that's that's such an awesome thing. Um, I will say the there there is a downside to that, which is that if somebody doesn't see their face. <laughs> they'll let you know, or if their face is in the wrong place, yeah, um, they'll they'll let you know. Um, but it's such a again such a innovative way or clever way of saying we want to stay connected to you, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's just, just not the same you. if you're yeah, not here. Yeah, you. it's not the same, uh, and uh, and it isn't. It isn't the same, and I miss there being a pile of people in the room. Mm. That being said. Two, though, I mean, we don't have a choice right now, right? So we got to find a way. And not everybody's way is the same, um, as we've discovered, um, because, of course, not everybody has access or wishes to have access to the Internet or wants to use, uh, wants to watch uh, a live stream on a Sunday morning. And so we've also then tried to create some DVDs and stuff for people who don't have Internet access. Um, But then, even then, not everybody who doesn't have internet access wants to have a DVD um, because they just want, uh, they're, they're okay with realizing that they don't have a choice but to be where they're at and this will be over soon and then we'll all be back together again. They'll talk on the phone, um, they'll connect with people other ways, but um, the, the, the uh, what's the right word? A visceral experience of being in the room with people is what they crave. Yeah. And no video is going to fix that, right? No, no video is going to going to meet that need. It's it's a great way to remind people where we're at and what we look like, um, and and gives people some things to think about and everything. But it does not take the place of us all being able to be together. Um, it 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 it's just the next best thing. It's the next best thing. Yeah. So speaking, Robin, of of coming out of the wilderness, and like you said, no amount of or I think how you said it was the thing about wilderness experiences is that those experiences or that journey always eventually comes to an end. You you have uh, God's spirit um, that uh, however you, however people think about that or, or whatever people like to call that God or the universe or uh, the power of creation and love is with all of us throughout how. Uh, however long that, that wilderness experience yeah, is. You never know. Um, right? But when, when you think about how this is already trans, just this, we've what, been at this for less than two weeks and it's already um, transforming our culture and our society at such a base level. It, there's no way that the world is going to look the same when everything goes back to quote unquote normal. How do we come out of this as a faith community and just as a people, and what does coming out of the wilderness look like? Do you, I mean, on a philosophical level, and also just on a on a uh, 
practical level of do you think we're going to be doing this uh, and finding having to find these new ways to to stay connected for just the next few weeks do you think we're going to be 40 days in the wilderness do you think it's going to be months like they're starting to say it, it could be uh, what's your I, well you know what the thing is uh i believe the proper answer here uh is i don't know <laughs> um and that's and that's okay it's okay to uh we haven't uh we have an awesome pharmacist here in town who's been doing um, little Facebook Live things. Uh, and one of the very first things he said, and I, I'm so glad. It, see, that's the thing. Like, it's a trusted face. Um, and and one of the first things he says is, we don't really know anything about it. Like, it's so new. We don't we don't even have enough statistical information to, to guess, right, at, right. at some things, right? Um, and that's the thing is that I think people, of course, people want the certainty of tell me when this is going to be over. But there isn't any certainty about when this is going to be over. Oh, but I Trump know has already told, you know, he's Trump has said that um, we're going to be back to work they, in a couple sorry, of Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Out li- I did mean to say that out loud, actually. But that, that, is, that is mistaken, you you can't say that to people. The only thing you can say with any certainty is this will be over. But you don't know when. You can't you can't predict that. And and I like even the you know the uh, the Olympics have rescheduled themselves for next year. Great. Um, there was that we had an event here in town that was at the beginning of May that they've rescheduled for sometime in August. Okay, that's optimistic, but good on you. But the fact of the matter is, we uh, like even schools are done for this year. Yeah. They have no intention of going back before the end of June uh, when they would normally close. And it's only the middle of March. I know. Right? I, our kids were fighting a, a, a really close to the beginning of this. They were having a fight over something. And I just said, okay, everybody, everybody just stop. We have just started uh, our summer break, which is going to be about 150 days long this year. Yeah. And we're on day three. Right. So... <laughs> Yeah. So one of the, I forget, I can't remember if it was uh, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel who, like he, one of his bit, his, his home th- shows, right, began with something like on day 83 and then his <laughs> wife was supposed to interrupt him with six, day six. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the thing that. is, yes, it feels like that and it's going to feel like that I'm, I, and, and, and it is going to feel like that. And part of the reason it feels like that is because we don't know when. Um, it's, and, and even when they, like with the schools, for instance, they say we'll be back in school in September. Well, okay. But then there's also the theory that these kind of pandemics have waves and there'll be a second wave and that could happen in September or October. You don't know, right? Is the thing. And not scaring anybody because we're doing the best we can, but we just don't know. Yeah. You can't build a model on. Right. Almost zero, but eventually, almost no data. But eventually we'll reach a point where we will return to the normalcy of being able to be in each other's company and and go out and do the things that we normally we'll do. Go back to work and all of that. Will it be a return, quote unquote, to normalcy, quote unquote? No, because we're different now. Yeah. We'll have been changed. Even if we go back to doing the same jobs or people, the same stores reopen or the same jobs are available, if we, even if, you know somehow oil goes back to $75 a barrel. Um, even if all of that stuff happens, um, we'll still have been changed by this. And that's the thing about wilderness experiences. They were transformative mm. one way or another. And really, trans, uh, I've done a lot of learning about transformation and trans, transformative learning. And the incredible thing about transformation is that it occurs 
almost always in an instant. Like it, mm. it, it, it happens in a moment. Yeah. Something happens and boom, you're not the same. Life is not the same. Yeah. The world is not the same. It's not a, uh, I mean, there are things that change gradually, of course. Um, personal growth can happen gradually, but often we have these kind of step changes in performance or step changes mm -hmm. in our identity or in our beliefs. And they happen because something, something happened in a moment that you just, you come out of it yeah. and you know, you will never be the same again. Yeah. That's a, that's another thing about that. Uh, well, and again, I guess it depends how you're using the word, uh, I'm sure, but, um, a wilderness experience can be 40 days or it can be hundreds or it can be two minutes. Yeah. Right. I mean, and sometimes that two minutes can feel like 40 days. I, that's that's ju just as a sidebar. I think that's always one of the cool things about 40 in the Bible is that when it says 40 days or 40 years, it doesn't actually mean exactly 40 days or 40 years. It's a number that means a duration of time, yeah, right? It's symbolic. And, and that's the thing is that we don't know how long this is going to be. I'm sure when we look back on this 50 years from now, we write, might refer to it as 40 years or 40 days or, you know, that kind of, we'll, ha we'll consider it that way is that however long it actually was in days, man, it felt like a long time. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, again, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's the thing about, um, being mindful about continuing to reach out to finding new ways is that it's not the way itself. It's the connection. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the, it, 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 as much as live streaming, for instance, isn't an ideal way of connecting with people. It's the best we can do right now to be connected. Yeah. Not to, not to do a show, mm. right. Not to do what we always do, but to stay connected. That's the key part. One of the, uh, I mentioned earlier, we, um, in, in addition to the live streaming, eventually there's, there's people who aren't on the computer at all, and, but they do have DVD players. So we'll make a DVD and stuff. And just last night, uh, fortunately, the person, uh, Holly was making DVDs and fortunately she's wiser than me um, because I talked to a few people who were kind of like, oh, well, you know, you can just every couple of weeks is fine. Don't don't bring one every week. It's every couple of weeks is fine. The thing about every week, though, is that's a connection made every week. Mm. You're not just watching a highlight reel from the last five Sundays. Um, <laughs> you're you're able to connect every week with something a little bit different and the person who dropped it off from a respectful six feet, of course. Um, but again, in my head, I'd originally thought, well, it's just something they're watching, but it isn't that it's the connection, right? Yeah. It's, the it's, it's not, what, it. it's not, it's not the thing itself, the practice itself. That's important. It's how it connects you. Yeah. And I think that's part of why it doesn't have to be perfect. Like you said, we're not putting on a TV show. We're not perfect. Why would we try and produce something that's perfect? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I think that this is probably a good spot to, to kind of wind it up for, for at today, imperfection. Robin. You want to stop at imperfection? Well, you know, the, acknowledging that, um, we're doing our best and that we are going to continue to, ideal place to stop. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do want to just lastly, thank you for, um, I was just saying to, to Jackie actually, um, after, uh, the board meeting we had last week and all the new ideas that we've come up with. And then, uh, leading up to last Sunday, which was the first Sunday of really live streaming to the whole service, like we've been talking about. And you have just really shown up for this community, Robin, 
and it probably makes you feel uncomfortable to, to be um, acknowledged like okay, that. Okay, now's a good time to wind up, Ben. <laughs> but I mean, I really mean it. Like yeah. we we need leaders at a time like this. You and know what? I, I, and I'm going to stop you because I really I I'm I appreciate you saying it, but I also am constantly reminded each day how many leaders we have. Because people are, like I've talked to people, honestly, I have talked to people who've said, uh, basically, I'm fine because people are taking care of me. Like my mm. neighbors are looking in on me. I've had people say, I'm looking in on so-and-so just to make sure they're okay. Um, people in this this community uh, and uh, in Pinoca and I'm sure in other communities everywhere, people are actually stepping up. And when you like, we're, we're seeing stories from everywhere where not just the, not just the great stories of people singing from their balconies or, mm. or, you know, applauding at a certain time of day on their balcony to, uh, to thank healthcare workers and everything. We're actually seeing people stepping up to, to support those people mm. and, and to do the best they can to be in touch with them and to care for, you know, our neighbors, whether they're families with really little kids or elderly people, um, people are really, um, we, we need to share more of those stories. Sure. People are hoarding toilet paper and then <laughs> trying to resell it on Amazon, um, or Kijiji, but what happened right away? Amazon and Kijiji refused to take those. Oh, really? Uh, to, to put those on their <laughs> site anymore, right? They stopped taking resellers, right. um, of, of especially of things like that. We've seen people um, stepping in. I saw a story last night where uh, it said that um, uh, it, all of the medical uh, drama TV shows, right? Yeah. They're donating um, supplies that they use in the show. No way. Props and things, which are... Because like when you think about it, why would you manufacture a mask, a surgical mask to look like a surgical mask when you could just buy the actual thing. So I'm sure they probably did. Right. So they're donating stuff like that. There was a story to, to hospitals. So there's a story, um, I think this morning that in the UK, um, somebody had, the, cause they have so few ventilators there. They'd contacted a guy uh, whose company manufactures vacuums to come up with, if he could, they could come up with a way to make a ventilator. Really? Because their business is air, right? And according to this story, in 24 hours, they'd come up with a design for a ventilator that could be made with stuff off the shelf that they already have so they wouldn't have to make parts. No way. Um, and they could manufacture it in, they could start manufacturing in, I think, six days or something. Anyway, it was just one of those stories where it just boggles your mind when you read a story about how amazingly resourceful people can be and how helpful and caring to others they can be. Yeah. Right? Those are and the stories that Those are the stories hope. we need to be hearing right now. Yeah. Well, and those do, they, they give you hope when, yeah. when hope is sometimes in pretty short supply otherwise those are the stories you want to be reading in the news people not all the stories about how how you know sooner or later you need to know honestly you need to know the facts and you need to know reasonably what's going on in the world but you can't overload yourself with um the 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 negative stories right sooner or later you have to balance those negative stories out with these stories mm. of hope and positive stories of people trying to do the right thing and be helpful to each other yeah that's such an important part of, it is. of self-care and just balance and it's hard because fear sells in the media and it knows yeah. how to grab your attention and keep it's you, easy to get lost there keep you locked into it so 
Yeah, it's easy are... to get lost in that wilderness of the negative <laughs> yes. stories. Yes, it Let is. Let some of those stories of hope and inspiration draw you out of that wilderness, mm. for sure. That's such a good reminder. Yeah. Well, um, to everyone listening, we, Robin and I, um, just hope that you're hanging in there and doing well. And uh, I think on behalf of our community of faith, I can say that it, no matter how you're coping with this, We'd love to hear from you and connect with you, either just through you listening to this content or reading Robin's weekly blog or uh, checking out our live worship on Sunday mornings. We're going to be streaming again this coming Sunday and every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, And Robin will be either in person here at the Bash United Church or streaming from the Pinocchio United Church. But either way, regardless of whichever church you're at, uh, it's the same link. You can go to risingspiritministry.com. And uh, once once the clock hits 10.30 a.m. on a Sunday, uh, that live stream button right on that homepage will take you right to the church service live. I think we've been starting the stream 10 or so minutes early there's another, so that people there's can another connect. thing right we used to start we were used to starting the live stream at 10 30 because that's when the service starts right but and, people but then we thought about it this week and we thought yeah. hey we should put up a we should put up a powerpoint slide that says we'll be right with you yeah starting soon. just to welcome people ahead of yeah. time so that people don't get there at 10 30 and go oh where is it yeah those little yeah. things that you don't the think little of things hey? right little little acts of kindness you know but um really we would love for for you to join us if you are interested and if you miss the 10 30 if you've got something else going on at 10 30 in the morning in self-isolation We're available 24 7 uh yeah you can you can check it out by just clicking on the archived sermons or the whole hour-long service is archived on our youtube channel too uh, and all of those links are available at risingspiritministry.com um, our facebook page is six ways from sunday Um, You can find us, and that's where we're sharing a lot of this extra content that Robin and our team have been creating lately with Robin's uh, uh, two-minute videos of reflection and meditation, music, uh, just stories. We've got a lot of cool stuff planned, so um, you're not alone. We're with you. We've got you, and um, we'd love for you to connect with us. So... Take care and thank you so much for joining us this week on the podcast. We'll be, um, I'm hoping, podcasting again next week, either here at the church or maybe somewhere outdoors on a nice sunny day, hopefully. Thank you, uh, Robin, again for today. This was fun. Thanks, Ben. And thanks, everybody, who, uh, who joined us. And look forward to catching you next time. Till then, take care and be well.